Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. And welcome back to the Rock Chalk Podcast. I am your host, Andy Mitz. Today, we are continuing our previews. We are almost done with all of the opponents. And we are now finally to the senior day game. Uh, it is the last home game on the schedule for the Jayhawks. And, of course, it is against none other than the Kansas State Wildcats. And, yes, that means it is time to welcome back to the podcast Scott McFarland, a.k.a. Scott Wildcat of the Bosco's Boys podcast. Scott, how you doing today? I'm well. I- I'm I'm pumped to be here. Um, it's wild that, you know, the heat dome is over the Midwest after a relatively mild summer. And it's trying its hardest to make it not feel like football. But I tell you what, every time I log on the app, formerly known as Twitter, Instagram, any of them, you start seeing those fall camp highlights. You start seeing some week zero stuff. Uh, football is going to find a way, similar to Christmas, every December 25th. No, ma- no matter what tries to stop it, it finds a way. And football has found a way. And I can't wait, Andy. I absolutely can't wait. I will say I am super glad that I have a job that I get to stay inside all the time. Like, I don't even have to commute to work because I work from home. It's it's absolutely fantastic that I do not have to go out into this heat because it is ridiculous, like you said. Yeah, I want to give a shout-out to any construction workers. Oh, for folks sure. Folks who work, uh, you know. First responders, uh, anybody who has to be first, outside. Yeah, anyone yeah. who's outside uh, keeping society going, shout-out to you guys because – uh, it's definitely been rough. All right. So obviously we're here to talk about Kansas State Wildcats. Um, I will, let's go ahead and start with what happened last year. Cause uh, you know, I think I will admit I was surprised by how good the, you know, the Wildcats were last year. Um, just like I think you had said at one point you were surprised about how good the Jayhawks were last year. So, um, you know, looking though, winning the big 12 after, you know, beating TCU in the Big 12 title game after having lost to them earlier in the year. Um, what were your overall impressions of this team last year and how much of it, how much of it was kind of, you know, just nice stuff that happened in the moment and how much of it is like a, an indication of the trajectory of this program moving forward? I think it's trajectory uh, moving forward. Um, I, I think every K-State fan w- would say that. Now, are you going to have multiple, uh, you know, first and second round draft picks every year? Probably not. You're going to have multiple consensus All-Americans every year? Probably not. But I do think that Chris Kleiman, if you throw out the COVID year, and the more and more we get away from the COVID year, it looks like it's been an anomaly for anyone who either had a much better than average or a much, much worse than average season. It's becoming a more and more of an anomaly. And uh, the, the basement, the floor has kind of been eight wins. Uh, so you're building up to that. And I, I knew this was something they were capable of. I predicted K-State to make it to Arlington um, in all of my preseason stuff. And quite frankly, I, I think they have a pretty damn good chance of doing it again this upcoming season. 
Um, so I don't think it was a, you know, flash in the pan moment. Uh, Madeley, it was not the peak. It was not a plateau. I think this team can continue to move forward. Now, are they about to reel off something like Oklahoma did under, you know, Bob Stoops and Lincoln Riley? No, I, I don't think we're about to get a share of, you know, 11 straight trips to Arlington or anything like that. But I don't think there's any reason to think that Case can make it down to Arlington, Texas that first Saturday in December on a semi-regular basis. Um, and I, I think it comes down to Chris Kleiman. I think it comes down to the coordinators. Now, we almost had to see what life post-Colin Klein, after just one year with Colin Klein, we almost had to see what it was going to look like. He turned down Notre Dame. I imagine at some point Joe Klanderman's either going to get a blue blood uh, DC job or a head coaching job. And we'll have to see about life after Joe Klanderman. But when you have those three men leading the f- football program, and then Van Malone as the associate head coach, um, I, I kind of tend to think eight, eight wins is going to be the the floor the uh, for this team. And the ceiling could be anywhere between 10, 11, I'm not going to say 12 wins, but you know, you're going to be around that eight to 11 win season, uh, hopefully every year. Well, I mean, 12 wins with postseason wins, you know, like, I think that's possible. Um, I, well, yeah, I mean, it, it could be yeah. possible, but again, I don't want to get, you know, in front of my skis. I, I think even to get 12 wins in the postseason, uh, even like in a po in an expanded playoff, uh, type of world, you're still going to have to, you know, come close to running the table. You're going to have to win the game in Arlington. You're going to have to win postseason games. And again, as we saw versus Alabama, uh, K-State was able to stay with them for about uh, a quarter and three-fourths of a quarter, you know, for about 14 minutes of that first half. Um, And then we saw what happened in the second half. And K-State fans don't like it when I say this. I don't think unless something changes that they'll ever recruit well enough to be able to go toe-to-toe with an Alabama, with a Georgia uh, if if they're bought in and they're playing a B plus game or better, uh, so to say that hey, there's a ceiling of 12 wins even with you know postseason, uh, that still might be stretching it a little bit, uh, unless you get you know kiss of luck uh, in, in the postseason. So uh, regardless, I I think I think the future is still super bright, and I don't think we've seen the peak of what the climbing era is going to bring. Yeah, I mean, I I would say, and and definitely correct me if if you think differently, but. It seems to me that Kansas State is a very solid traditional style program where they play things a lot of the same ways that you would expect the best teams to play. Um, but they don't, they're not able to pull the same kind of athletes that Alabama or Georgia or some of those other ones can. And so it's going to be difficult when they go head to head for them to consistently be able to compete with them. Teams like, you know, and I'm throwing Kansas out here just because I'm the most familiar with them. They do something that's so much different that there could be opportunities for them to potentially get those upsets. But again, they play so much differently that they're not going to, you know, it's really a clash of styles and it's about who is able to perform um, well enough for that. So I, I, I tend to agree with you that I think Kansas State kind of has a, a ceiling, but that ceiling is a lot higher than I think a lot of people really account for. Um, you know, a, a lot of people still think of Kansas State as just, you know, Bill Snyder and that's it. And now that he's gone, you know, it's back to being, you know, Kansas State before Snyder came. But um, I, I'm going to let you in on a little, a, a little secret. I actually have Kansas State as the best team in the Big 12 coming into the year. So I voted them number seven in the pod poll, um, which I think I had them like second highest of every, of anybody. Um I just like and what I they did not, have. I didn't. I, I think no, I, I have K-State at 12 or 13. So you even have them. Uh, yeah. It, so it's know, one of those like higher than me. Cause I, cause I have K-State at seven. I have Texas now at eight, um, which I had them at like 15 in the, in the April preseason one. But it's, it's one of those things, like you said, they did not have wholesale changes. They kept most of the coaching staff. I do think that there is a possibility that this team could be just as good or better and have some weird things happen this year and end up with a worse record than they had. Um, and, you know, by a few games, just because of how crazy the Big 12 is, the way things kind of, you know, shape up. Kansas State benefited from, you know, some quarterback injuries from other people. And, of course, everybody in the Big 12 benefited from quarterback injuries from from an opponent or two. Um, you know, I'm as well as also one... being hurt by quarterback injuries as well them, themselves, right? So, um, you know, it's it's – I think that this year has the makings for a very interesting year. And Kansas State is probably one of about five or six teams that I could see making it to Arlington. Yeah, no, I, I think that – 
every team in the Big 12 is going to play a ton of 50-50 games. And that's what kind of makes things scary. Um, I could easily craft a scenario where K-State does go 11-1 and in the regular season. And because I'm a fan, uh, that's what I'm going to say on my podcast when I go through game by game. Right. And if you ask me the record, I'm going to say 11-1 and because um, I'm a fan. And what fun is being a fan if you're not going to buy into the best case scenario? But at the same time, if you came to me and said, hey, K-State goes 8-4 and or even 7-5 and in the regular season, um, I'd be disappointed. I'd be a little mad. I, I, I'd be let down a little bit, but I could see it. There's so many of those games where it's either 50-50 or 60-40 um, that anything can happen in the Big 12. And I think so many folks look at the Big 12 from the side and think after Texas and Oklahoma leave, oh, no national title contenders. Okay, fine. Every single game in the Big 12 from week one to week 13 when you're playing in Arlington, anyone can beat anyone. Everyone loves the NFL because any given Sunday, well, if you want that in college football, come to the Big 12 because that's what the Big 12 is going to be. It's going to be the most entertaining, the most competitive conference in all of college football, and it's not starting next year. It's it's already here. We've seen it the last couple of years, even with Oklahoma and Texas. Um, so I'm pumped about that for the Big 12. And as scary as some of those games might be, UCF, their very first Big 12 game, even though it's a home game, uh, it's going to be scary. But that's what makes being a sports fan fun. Yeah, I mean, and, and honestly, if you if you really think about it, like I think Iowa State is a perfect example of how things can go really well or really bad. I wouldn't say that last year's Iowa State team was heads and tails much significantly worse. Yes, the offense struggled mightily. But I think the defense was even better than the year before. The main difference was Iowa State got all of the breaks that, to break their way in those 50-50 shots, you know, two years ago, whereas last year they all went against them. Um, and so you can see a team go from, you know, 10-2 and two or something like that and into the Big 12 title game all the way down to 4-8 and eight, or, you know, TCU doing the opposite last year where everything went their way. All the big breaks went their way for the most part with the exception of in the Big 12 title game. And so... I mean, yeah, I I think that there's enough. The, the teams are close enough together; they know each other well enough. And this league is just pure insanity. It's going to continue to be pure insanity, even after Texas and Oklahoma leave, and then we add in the four corner schools from the, from the Pac-12. And I am really excited to see what 2024 is going to be like. But first, we have a an exciting 2023 that is going to be just as much fun with some teams that are going to have. You know, I think there's a realistic shot. Like I. I like I said, I could see six different teams potentially making a run to Arlington. And so the race from week to week is going to be absolutely phenomenal to watch. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. All right. So looking at Kansas State, you said that not much had changed. But, you know, obviously coming into this year, Will Howard is by far easily, you know, the the starting quarterback. Last year he did not start because Adrian Martinez had the, uh, had the job as, as a transfer. But it's obvious that it's Will Howard's job now. Um, how does that change with him being able to start from the beginning of the year as opposed to having to come in as a backup later? So I think the biggest thing is the entire playbook, the entire offense, everything in the offseason is built around Will Howard. Now, uh, yes, there's game-to-game game plans that are put in place, but any college, this is not specific to K-State, uh, but any college in the offseason, they're crafting their playbook for the season. They're crafting and building the shells of game plans weekend in, week out. And what we saw uh, in the first two years of the Will ha- Will Howard experiments coming in for an injured Skylar Thompson is him trying to execute the game plans in the vision that was built for Skylar Thompson. Even last year, we were having to see him try to execute the vision for Adrian Martinez. Now, I was a Courtney Messingham defender, um, but I think the big difference between him and what Colin Klein's been able to do, Colin Klein was able to turn on a dime and say, all right, Adrian Martinez is out. This is what I know Will can do. This is what we built into the game plan. I'm not going to try to pound a, a square peg into a round hole. This is what we're doing. Now, Colin Klein's had the entire offseason to build the playbook, build the offense around Will Howard's skill sets, and I think that's what's going to be the big difference for Will. Um, I think he took every single, you know, first team snap last year because Adrian Martinez was still rehabbing from injury until about fall camp, but it was still executing the game plan and what they wanted to do for an Adrian Martinez offense. This year, it has been Will Howard 
from, you know, basically ever since Adrian got hurt, got knocked out of that Baylor game from that moment on, it's been all Will Howard. So I think that's going to be the biggest difference for him being able to be the undoubted QB one and everything being built around his skill set. Well, right. And, and I think last year you came in, it was a very run heavy attack. Adrian Martinez, is a guy that really likes to run from the quarterback position. Will Howard is not a runner, at least from what I've seen. He can do it if he absolutely needs to, to try to preserve himself. Well, but you know what's funny. That's not sorry, what he, I, I, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. I, I don't mean to cut you off. Uh, but what's funny is his first two years, that's what he was the best at. You know, he, he, it talked to TCU fans because in back to back years, he had like, five yard runs against them his freshman and sophomore year so he's capable of it and uh and he's agile enough I think last year they kind of held it back because when he came into that TCU game he was running he he had about an eight yard run on a a read option got hurt and Jake Rubley had to come in for three series and that's when everything imploded down in Fort Worth so I don't know if it is they don't think he can run versus like hey last year was like all right we love you, Jake Rubley, but we're screwed if you're playing. We have to completely rein it in. So to that point, I'll be interested to see how much QB run game is incorporated this year uh, because Will actually talked about in in, in the offseason. He's like, yeah, I, I increased my speed and agility. I'm telling Colin, hey, bring back the read option. So he might be running a little bit more than folks think. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I do think part of it in the first two years – you know, that he was here behind Skylar Thompson and then originally behind Adrian Martinez. Like, he was, well, I'm sorry, no, no, sorry, before Adrian Martinez last year, um, because, like, what you said is absolutely true. Like, you can't afford to have him go down because he's running. I mean, most of the most of the quarterbacks in the Big 12 that got injured last year, they were on a, you know, a quarterback run of some sort, whether it was a scramble out of the pocket or a designed run that went to the sideline. You know, Jalen Daniels got injured on that. You saw... Um, you know, you saw Chandler Morris get injured on that in the first game against Colorado. Like you saw tons of guys go down because of that, which if you've got a good backup that you trust, you know, you can kind of roll the dice, let them use those, those skills. But I do think, and again, I don't follow Kansas state anywhere near as close as you do, but from what I kind of saw, it seemed like Will Howard in his first year or two at Kansas state was being brought in in more of those running packages where the expectation was that he is looking to run as a very high option. That wasn't the case last year. Um, Adrian Martinez was well known for that. And so I, I do think, I, I think he can, but I also think that when the Kansas state offense was the most effective last year, he was in the pocket passing or, you know, trying to sidestep to kind of break that pressure a little bit, but still looking downfield. And so how much has that dynamic changed, especially now that you, you, know, you don't have a Deuce Vaughn to be the guy that runs the ball? Um, you know, how do you look at the other the other running backs on here and how that kind of balances with Will Howard's potential to either run or, or to want to run? Yeah, so I, I I think I think to your point, Will Howard and K-State's offense was at its best last year, at least in broken plays where he was continuing to look downfield instead of take off and run. Uh, so, so I think that point is, is very accurate. Um, but when you talk about the running game and, and you say Deuce Vaughn leaves, and again, you're not going to have a guy who replaces Deuce Vaughn. But I, I think, and I'm not accusing you of this, but I think some of the national folks who try to cut K-State down at the knees say, well, oh, Deuce Vaughn's gone. You know, there goes their entire offense. I think that's kind of, uh, you know, shortchanging Will Howard and also shortchanging DJ Giddens and Turn Ward. When you look at what those two guys did in limited carries, they both average over six yards a touch uh, when you combine rushing and receiving. DJ made some massive plays in the passing game. He scored, I think, five or six touchdowns as a rusher, went over 500 yards. That's when Deuce Vaughn was getting like 80% of the running back touches. Uh, Treshawn Ward was one of the higher-ranked running backs in the portal. Absolutely electric guy. I think K-State at the running back level with those two guys – I think that they're going to be able to replicate Deuce Vaughn's production. Uh, the difference is it's not going to be one guy. It's going to be two guys. I, I could not be more high on K-State's running backs. And it's surprising to be that confident when Deuce Vaughn uh, is playing for the Dallas Cowboys. I've had the Blitz Month preview series going on on my channel. In talking to experts who cover the team, talking to people uh, on the radio broadcast team. And then last night, Wednesday uh, night during my live show, I had folks predicting 
DJ Giddens and Trayshawn Ward to be the non-Will Howard offensive MVP. When you have that much confidence in those two guys and comparing it to Ben Sennett, comparing it to Keegan Johnson, uh, I, I, I think K-State is going to be uh, in very good hands at the running back position. Awesome. I mean, Kansas State is a team that likes to run in general. I mean, I think all, most of the, the big – or most of the times that they've been good and, and competitive in the Big 12, they've had an extremely strong rushing game. Um Obviously, in order, you know, you, you have to have a good quarterback, but you don't have to have necessarily a great quarterback if your running back is that dominant, um, and he's at least able to kind of do what he needs to do. I think that Will Howard is probably, um, you know, it's 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 funny because I keep looking at all of these quarterback rankings, and people are all over the place on Will Howard, right? Like, I've seen some people have him all the way down at like ninth out of fourteen in the Big Twelve. I've seen other people put him up at two, like. I think right now Jalen Daniels being the offensive, you know, preseason player of the year in the Big 12, I think it's safe to slot him in as the number one quarterback, even if it's just barely, just because, you know, the way that, that people are kind of looking at that. But I don't think there's a huge gap between him and Will Howard and potentially Quinn Ewers, depending on what you actually think of Quinn Ewers. But, like, to me, I don't know how you drop Will Howard below, like, third in the in the conference, right, in terms of quarterback rankings. And so – this is a very scary offense, I think. The one the one question I do have, and and you know, because yes, last year you like you had Malik Knowles who had, you know, he led the team with seven hundred and twenty five yards receiving. Um, you know, Phillip Brooks was not that far behind. They they did spread the ball out, I think, quite a bit. Um but I guess really I guess the question is in terms of receivers, like is there is are you expecting the receiver room to take another step forward, or is this kind of a replacing guys and trying to at least just keep it where it was? Yeah, so I, I think Keegan Johnson, the transfer in from Iowa, as long as he, as he can stay healthy, um, I think that from, from from everything you hear, because Colin Klein, God bless him, he does not hand out compliments at all. So when he talks someone up, that's a big deal. And when you talk to all the defensive players out of fall camp, preseason camp, whatever you want to call it, he's the name that is specifically brought up. Now, he was stuck in an Iowa offense – so, like, I mean, come on, no one gets numbers. You could put primetime, you know, M- Michael Irvin, Tony Gonzalez, and Jamal Charles in an Iowa Hawkeye offense, and they're not going to get any numbers. But he has some individual highlight plays where you think to yourself, okay, put him in an offense that actually wants to, you know, have a big player or two. He can give that to you. Uh, so I think that's where a lot of the K-State folks look to and say, hey, can we get – Malik Knowles production, uh, total yards and touchdowns from Keegan Johnson. Hey, can we get RJ Garcia, who is a far better athlete than Cade Warner? um, Can we get that sort of production? So can you get those two guys to replace those? And then you look behind them. Okay, can Seth Porter, who is a six-year player, former walk-on turned captain, typically a special teams guy, but he's getting runs with the, you know, first team offense. Can he be that guy? Because there was hardly no rotation at wide receiver. It was Malik Knowles. It was Phillip Brooks. It was Cade Warner. You almost saw no other snaps from anyone else. So if you can get some production from a number four guy, can you get some production from a number five guy, like maybe a Trey Spivey or a Jaden Jackson who transferred in from Old Miss and didn't really play much last year. If you can see that sort of production, that kind of raises the ceiling. And oh, by the way, Ben Sennett, who lives with Will Howard, went through the 2020 true freshman season with Will Howard. Uh, if you look at his production, especially, you know, that Oklahoma game, that Baylor game, the TCU game, that's a true weapon. So I think if you take all that, and again, I think you're still going to have plenty of receptions out of the backfield with those two running backs. Uh, I think that, hey, everything's going to be fine. I don't think you're going to have a 1,300-yard receiver with 17 touchdowns or anything like that. Um, but I do think Keegan Johnson can flirt with that thousand yard uh, yards from scrimmage uh, type number because I think similar to Malik Knowles and KU fans remember this Malik Knowles two touchdowns rushing the ball versus you guys last year. I think we, we could see Keegan Johnson kind of get those jet sweeps as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I will say that the the game last year that was a a miserable conditions type game with all the rain that was coming down, which definitely I think affected the way the both teams tried to approach that game. Um, but you're right. Like I think K state has a fairly versatile offense and, and Kansas fans are also familiar with, you know, a wide receiver core that is not going to have a one standout, right? Like 
Kansas has, gosh, I would say Kansas probably has seven or eight guys that could all potentially in a game take it over receiving. Um, and, and I think Kansas State doesn't have quite as many that I would be comfortable with that right now, but I think they have enough that, you know, Will Howard finds the guy that's going to, you know, like there's enough options that if if teams are not careful, then a guy could have a huge breakout. It's just not, you know, you're not picking from eight, you're picking from probably five or six people. Um, yeah, I think that's fair. Think yeah, that's so fair. I, I think I think offense is probably, it, it's weird, but, like it's probably the side of the ball that I would be the most confident in as a Kansas state or looking at this Kansas state team from outside. Obviously I don't, again, I don't know all your guys personnel quite as well as I do like the Jayhawks. Cause I don't, I don't cover K state, but um, or I should say, I don't cover K state as in depth as I do for, for, for KU. Um, I do want to jump over to the defense, but before we do that, I do need to throw it to a quick break. We'll be right back on the rock chalk podcast. The Rock Chalk Podcast is brought to you by our friends over at Charlie Hustle Clothing Company. Charlie Hustle is a vintage-inspired clothing company based out of Kansas City that specializes in collegiate and hometown apparel. They want you to be the best-dressed fan this season, so be sure to check out their wide selection of officially licensed collegiate apparel today and show off your school spirit all season long. They have over 30 different schools to choose from, including the Kansas Jayhawks. They have a fantastic Jalen Daniels shirt that came out at the beginning of this year, and they have a whole bunch of other fantastic KU stuff. If you're a K-State fan or you have a K-State fan in your family, they have that stuff too. They have a bunch of different schools with some fantastic apparel. If you use promo code 101215, that is the word T-E-N-1215, that will get you 15% off of all items that are not on sale. It's a fantastic deal. Head on over to charliehustle.com and make sure you pick up your stuff today. Charlie Hustle, vintage made fresh. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And we're back. I we I am here talking about the Kansas State Wildcats with the one and only Scott Wildcat. Um from Bosco's boys, Scott, we just got done talking about offense and kind of the, you know, all the stuff that happened last year, looking at this defense, like Kansas state's always known for good defense or solid defense. At least I don't know what to just think about this defense though, for this year. Like I don't, I don't know of any gigantic pieces that are coming in. I don't know of any big losses you guys had. Like it seemed like last year's defense was good. I don't know if I would call it great, but it was definitely you know, good for big 12 standards. Um, you know, depending on what you think of big 12 standards, what, what is this defense? Cause like Kansas state normally is, has really, really good linebackers. Like that's the thing that they're typically known for, but what, like, what are the strengths of this defense? What are the weaknesses? Like, what am I, what should I expect from the defense coming into the year? Yeah. So f- first off you have, ha- you, you lost Julius Brents and echo Boydo at the corners, Julius Brents, second round draft pick, Echo Boydo was a mini cap camp tryout guy for the Chiefs. Now is poised to try to make the 53-man roster. Uh, so you had two NFL corners who were gone. You lost two of your three safeties who started the season there. Um, and K-State fans are not worried one bit about the secondary. 
Why is that? Well, every single year since Chris Kleiman's been there from his first year, he has lost three or four out of the five starters in the secondary. Every single year, like clockwork, three or four starters from game one, they're gone. You have to bring new guys in. And I think that at worst, you would call all the secondary middle of the pack most of those years. So I think K-State fans kind of look at it and say, okay, VJ Payne, true freshman last year, starting in the Big 12 championship game, had an absolute great game versus Alabama in the Sugar Bowl. Hey, that's going to be great. Kobe Savage, preseason, all Big 12, uh, first-team guy at safety. He's coming back. All reports are he has been, you know, standout in camp coming back from that ACL tear. He's back. And then Marquis Siegel coming from North Dakota State. Oh, wow. K-State just happens to, you know, take an FCS transfer in at safety and get them drafted almost every single year. So K-State fans pumped about the safety position uh, because that's just what they seem to do. Uh, on the outside, you got Jacob Parrish, who was a true freshman out of Olathe, Kansas last year. And he played a lot of the Big 12 championship game because, you know, surprise, surprise, playing against TCU, you get a bunch of guys hurt. Not saying, I'm just saying coincidence. I'm not calling them they dirty. A, I don't want Parker to, I don't want Parker very, to hear that. <laughs> no, no. They're physical. Right. They play a There's very physical luck. style. It's a, it's, a, people, it's a tough game. Yep. Football, people get injured. But he played a lot in that Big 12 championship game. He played a lot in that Sugar Bowl and he is a future pro. Now, he's not going to be a first-round, second-round pick because he's a little bit shorter, uh, but he is a future pro out there. And then you have Will Lee. He has a nickname, The Blanket. He was rated as the number two JUCO defensive back after he played in the JUCO National Championship, just some guy named Nick Saban brought him on to Tuscaloosa, tried to get a flip him the commit, uh, gave him a full offer. Georgia was sniffing around. Somehow K-State held on to him, and he is that Julius Brents type. He's 6'3". He can run. He can cover. So K-State fans feel confident at those starting corners. Uh, you bring back all your linebackers. You had a lot of young guys contributing the year before, another year under their belt. Daniel Green tore both his pectorals at different points last season, played through it, and now he's finally healthy for the first time in like 13 months. He's a former all-conference guy. He's back for his final season. And then you look at the defensive uh, line and look, Felix Andy Uzama, he might be a future Ring of Honor type guy, first-round draft pick to the Kansas City Chiefs. He's gone. That sucks. That hurts. I'm not saying it's a good thing. But Khalid Duke, who played outside linebacker for K-State last year, he had three sacks versus Texas Tech, the only game he was playing down on the edge the entire season. He had, I think, four or five total for the entire season. He's back playing his native position at defensive end. He's a guy who will get drafted. He has a little bit of injury history, so it's not going to be a first round. But he's a guy who's going to go in the fourth or fifth round. You have Nate Matlack coming back from two high ankle sprains last year. Again, if he can stay healthy, he had a very good freshman year. And then Brendan Mott is the tied for the leading sack getter returning to the Big 12 from last year. And he might not even be starting. Now, the issues come, okay, you lost your two uh, interior guys, your two nose guards who played the most snaps last year. Uso Sayomalu has been a camp darling. Coach Kleiman has just been gushing about him every chance he gets. There was a rumor he got rolled up on. It's not known if he's going to play in that opener. And uh, is he going to be back for Troy? Is he going to be back for Missouri? Is he going to be back for Oklahoma State? Do you hold him out? I don't know when he's going to be back. That is a worry. But outside of that, truthfully, I know you said, hey, confidence in the offensive line. It might be hubris. It might be blind faith. But I tell you what, I, I think this defense is going to be just as salty as they were last year. And it might take a game to knock off some rust. But by the time they're going to Columbia, Missouri, and by the time Big 12 play rolls around, I have no problem kind of slotting them in to be one of the top five defenses in the Big 12 once again. Yeah. Um, I mean, and, and there's a lot of good defenses in the Big 12. I think a lot more than people would be willing to admit if they're not Big 12 fans. But I do wonder, though, you know, it seems like, and a lot of the guys that you were talking about seem to be kind of the starters. What about the depth for this team? Because like you said, like, they lost a lot of those frontline starters and that depth is having to step up. I, I don't know. And like, Kansas fans are definitely used to this, right? Like, worrying about the depth. How much is that drop off if guys can't play the entire time? Because... I'm going to be completely honest. I'm surprised that Kansas was able to get away with basically playing three safeties all year long and, you know, three corners all year long. Like 
it was kind of crazy that they were able to do that and actually, you know, field all the snaps that they needed to. That doesn't happen very often. For the most part, your secondary needs to have good backups that don't have a big drop off, you know, linebackers. You need to have guys that can come in if a guy gets a stinger or something like that. So what does the depth for this defense look like? Is it something where it's just as strong as ever, or is that potentially a worry if, if guys can't stay on the field? Now, anytime you, you, you talk about losing your top guy, I'm not going to sit here and be like, Oh, the backups are even better than this. Like, oh, no, right, right, right. I'm not, I'm not going to say that, but starting with the, uh, linebackers I think they're going to get creative and try everything they can to try to get more linebackers on the field you have Toby O is what we call him uh because I'm not going to try to pronounce his last name and he's going to be a freak athlete that you might actually see in some jet packages in passing situations uh rushing from the defensive end or being an outside linebacker you have Jake Clifton who at different times played big snaps uh, while some other guys uh, were banged up. He's kind of going to be that number four linebacker who comes in. I talked about Nate Matlack and Brendan Mott. One of those guys isn't going to start. So you're going to have a guy who has won defensive player of the week coming off your bench as a defensive end. Now, when you get to corner and when you get to safety, it kind of gets to, okay, we know about those frontline guys. It comes back to, okay, who's going to emerge at those number two spots? When the depth chart's released, I'm instantly going to look and see who's being listed at that number at that number two line at the safety. They moved Jordan Wright from cornerback. He's a guy who, who's kind of a do-it-all. He transferred in last year. He redshirted. He's actually been playing safety uh, because they like his versatility, and they love Keenan Garber, the Lawrence uh, native. Keenan Garber, he moved from playing wide receiver, played wide receiver his entire time at K-State, and then he played his first snaps as a cornerback in that Big 12 championship game when injuries started happening and held his own. This is the first time in his collegiate career, and this is his fourth or fifth year uh, on campus, that he's actually been practicing defense. Uh, so they feel really good about him on corner. Uh, so really it comes down to, okay, who's going to be that number four corner? Is it going to be one of the freshmen? Is it going to be one of these uh, kind of longer term guys that you've been waiting for them to break out? Um, I don't have that answer, but I think at every spot on the field, you know, linebacker, you have like five guys you feel comfortable with, but I think every other position on the field, you have at least one. Now you're not going to be able to get by playing only three defensive ends, three cornerbacks, four safeties. I know that. Uh, but again, if anything that, that I've learned in the Chris Kleiman era, they're going to find a way to find that next man up mentality, especially on defense. Yeah, I, I mean, like I said, Kansas State for the longest time has been absolutely fine on defense, even if you don't recognize any of the names that are there. So, I mean, yeah, you know, it could be the difference between being the fifth or the seventh best defense in the big 12, but all of those are going to be pretty good defense. It's just the way that the big 12 is. So, all right. Calling card for this Kansas state team though, has almost always been special teams. Like when you think about good special teams in the big 12 or nationally TCU and Kansas state are the two that really kind of jump out to you as, Hey, no matter what, they always have good special teams. So what do special teams look like this year? You know, are there, are there any big changes there or is it kind of just more of the same? Well, it's a little bit of an unknown. Um, Ty Zentner famously was doing all three kicking duties, place kicking, uh, punting, and kickoff at the end of the season. He took over for Chris Tennant uh, last year uh, for place kicking duties. Uh, you know, Ty Zentner's now trying to play NFL. His his uh, eligibility's done. So we will be having someone new kickoff, someone new punt, and someone uh, new uh, doing place kicking. Um, I think K-State fans, if you had to pinpoint one spot where they're a little nervous, it's like, okay, there's an unknown at punter. Hey, we've seen Chris Tennant has a leg, but can he be accurate enough uh, to to do what K-State wants to be able to do? I'll tell you this. Part of me is like, all right, you know, if that's going to force K-State to go for it on fourth down a little bit more, uh, then so be it. That's kind of, you know, my glass half full uh, thought about Chris Tennant taking over the job if folks still have uh, reservations about him. Uh, but, but it's, it's kind of a wait and see. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm not going to be able to sit here and tell you, Hey, we're going to have, uh, you know, top of that big 12, uh, kicker or punter. I have no clue. Um, what I can say very confidently is I, I think we have one of the best, if not the best punt returners in Phillip Brooks. 
So we are still going to be very deadly in the punt return game. And then he might be the guy. It might be Treshawn Ward. It might be Keenan Garber. It might be Seth Porter. I don't know who's going to be the number one kickoff guy, but I I would say, hey, you can book at least two return touchdowns for K-State or block punt ending up in a touchdown, at least two or three uh, this season coming off of punt or kicks. Yeah, just just hoping that those don't happen in Lawrence or or any of them happen in Lawrence. So I mean, I'm we'll I'm hoping. Well, I'm yeah, hoping. I know you are. But... <laughs> I mean, All right. What's funny? You go back to that 2020 season. The only K State KU game I haven't seen since I think oh, what was Ron Prince's last year? Oh seven, where you guys just kicked the living crap out of us. Uh, last win you guys had as well. So that would have been oh eight. Um, I've been to every single K-State KU game since 08, except for that 2020 game. I remember seeing you guys punt to them again. I'm like, what? With like two seconds left in the half, I'm like, what are you guys doing? And I think, that, you know, that that's when I knew. Well, actually, I knew before. Well, that was supposed to be a punt out of bounds, and it didn't. You know, he shanked it. But when you're aiming for out of bounds and you shank it, it you usually shank, yeah. comes into the middle of the field. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, that that was wild. So I, if I'm giving uh, Sean Snyder any advice to write down on a cue card to hand to you know the coaches because you know he's not a coach, he's not supposed to be coaching. I'd say just don't punt to Philip Brooks. Yeah, I don't think we have to worry too much about that. Um, Kansas is not going to punt to him if they can absolutely help it. Of course, I think Kansas is going into that game with designs of not punting at all. So we'll have to see how well that works, but. If I had KU's offense, I, I would say we're not punting at all. Uh, I think, you yeah. know, I, I'm biased. I, I think Colin Klein's the best offensive coordinator in the Big 12. Uh, but if it's not him, it's it's the man occupying the seat out in Lawrence. So uh, I I, th- I think it, I think I think if I'm a KU fan, I'm never punting. I'm saying never punt. Yeah, we'll I, deal with it. No punts. Right. Well, I mean. I think I think if there's like a fourth fourth and twenty, no, 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 no. a fourth and twenty from your own ten yard line. I think I think punt, do it. But no, I say I no, I I say KU doubles down on being like fun, exciting backyard football type stuff. Be like, no, JD, go go draw something out. We'll we'll have Bean out there to have like double, triple passes from their own ten, fourth and thirty, and they're probably going to pick up one of them. I I, again, I don't have any stake in it. I I want to see that. I want to see that. Yeah, well, I think Texas Tech thinks that they have the uh, the you know corner on being the fun fourth down team. So w- we might let them have it, depending on what the on what the situations are. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. All right. Let's go ahead and take a look at the schedule because, like you said, like you you have a very good record potentially for this team this year. Um, You know, non-conference, I don't think there's really that much to talk about there because no matter how much Missouri fans seem to think that they're actually a good football team, they're they're really not. So I don't know that I'm necessarily that say, worried about that one if I'm a K-State I'm not, fan. I'm not that worried. Anything can happen, road game, all that stuff. But I will say, and, uh, you know, any K-State fan who decides to listen to this is probably going to get mad. I say this on the KU podcast. Chris Clemens only two and three in his five games versus G5 schools. He has a losing record versus G5 schools. He, he beat Bowling Green and, oh, man, what was his other one? Can't remember. Oh, in Nevada. He beat Bowling Green in Nevada, lost to Arkansas State, lost to Tulane, and lost to Navy. So he is two and three in his five games versus G5 schools. So K-State fans will be very worried going into that Troy game. Anything can happen on the road, but I do think it would be a massive disappointment if K-State's not 3-0 and in the non-con. Yeah, I, I do think that some of those G5 losses were some really weird circumstances. Like, well... But I take that yeah. back because that Arkansas State game, you guys should not have lost that game. You guys were up by enough late in the game yeah. that it shouldn't have been an issue. But, but yeah, yeah it, it, it was COVID. Tulane uh, ended up being elite. And then, right. you know, we're just too patriotic to beat Navy. Yeah, there we go. Which ho- hopefully that's not the case because we play Army next year. Yeah, let's um let's not lose to, to Army next year because – 
the only team that's allowed to, from the Big 12 to lose to Army would have been Oklahoma, and they somehow messed it up a couple times. So, Well, I don't think they're going to plan on it, but, you know, yeah, we'll, exactly. we'll see. We'll worry right. about that next year's preview. Let, let's get into Big 12 play. Yeah, so, so Big 12 play. very first Big 12 game? What the hell is that? At least it's not in the bounce house. No, no. You know what? You know what's funny? Because uh, Kansas gets BYU that same week at home as wow. well. So BYU's first Big 12 game is in Lawrence on the 23rd, whereas UCF's first Big 12 game is in Manhattan on the 23rd. So, Oof. I mean, Those welcome to the Big 12. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, welcome to the Big 12. Come to the, uh, the only state without a defector throughout the entire conference. I guess Iowa, but. Whatever. There's only one of them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. But yeah. So no, it's it, it's an interesting start to the schedule. K State starts at home, which almost never happens, which is like a massive pet peeve for K State fans. I don't care. Uh, but you got that one, and then an early buy before a Friday night game in uh, Stillwater, uh, and that Stillwater game, Stillwater's been a house of horrors for K State. Outside of Byron Pringle and Skylar Thompson absolutely lighting them up, we don't win in Stillwater. So really getting those two games before a tough three-game stretch, if we're going to have the type of season I want them to, and if we're going to have the type of season that gets you back to Arlington, you cannot afford to drop either of those games. And, and quite frankly, you probably need to win them with a little bit of style points to keep the you know confidence high rolling into that next three-game stretch. I'm assuming that next three game stretch you're talking about is uh, Oklahoma State, Texas Tech, and TCU, or, or are you including Houston in a three game stretch? So, well, I, I guess okay. I guess it's more of a two game stretch. So it's uh, it's three of four. Yes, surrounding three of four, Houston. Four. <laughs> okay. No, yeah, yeah. So and, and that's going to be massive. And 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 truthfully, you know, Texas Tech is that game that if K State fans predict a ten and two, which a lot of them are, that's the game that they're predicting uh, to lose. But Texas Tech. And hell, even Lubbock post, uh, you know, the pirate leaving, uh, it's been the exact inverse of uh, Stillwater. We've only lost once and we seem to have their number. So that's kind of where I get to that, you know, hey, I'm I'm predicting best case scenario at 11 and one. I, I have us winning that game. And I, I think, you know, that Stillwater game and that game in Lubbock, um, if, if you're able to stay unscathed at that point, I think we're going to see a fever pitch around K-State football that hasn't been seen since 2012. If they're somehow able to remain unscathed at that point, uh, look out. Uh, you know, you're going to have to send, you know, the National Guard into Manhattan because the fever is going to be real at that point. Yeah, so I do wonder, though, because you talked about the early buy, and that came in bit Oklahoma State last year, where they had the really early buy. Then they got just beat up at the beginning of Big 12 play, and by the end of the of the year, they just had nothing left at all. How much of a worry is there for a, for Kansas State to have a bye that early in the schedule, and then have to play you know eight straight Big 12 games? It's it's not not a thing. Um, it, it's definitely there. But Chris Kleiman, whenever he brought in Tremaine Carroll, our new strength and conditioning coach. They have gone over the top when it comes to sports science and doing what they need to do in recovery and in their practices to make sure that guys are fresh throughout the entire season. Um, that was something that Chris Kleiman really wanted to improve on during his time at K-State. So it's not a it's not a nothing burger. It is 100% something. Um, how big? I'm not sure. Uh, again, I, I have my purple glasses on. I want to think, hey, you know, it's something that's going to happen. Some guys are going to miss a game. Hey, there might be a game that Will Howard misses because that's just what happens in college football. Um, but 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 I'm hoping that you you know again at that point you know what you have in depth, you know what you have in nutrition, sports science, and all that type of stuff, and you're going to be able to navigate it. Um, we'll see. Uh, but but it is not a nothing burger. Yeah. All right, so so you, you talked about that stretch, you know, at Texas Tech versus TCU at home. Um, then, of course, Houston kind of breaking it up and giving you guys a little bit of a break. Um, might might consider that to be a second bye. We'll see. Um, and then going on the road uh, to Austin to take on Texas. Final three games, though, home against Baylor, at the Jayhawks, and then, you know, home for the Farmageddon against Iowa State. Um, I mean, at that point... I guess what's your biggest concern going into that three game stretch at the end of the year? Uh, 
so it's it kind of depends on how the season goes. At at that point, um, you know, if if Mister uh, JD Six and Lawrence is if if he's healthy, if he's for the first time in his career rolling uh, through an entire season, uh, you got to think that that KU game could definitely be spicy. Uh, that might be the biggest stumbling block of those three. But at the same time, I had this nagging little voice in the back of my head. Uh, because I think Dave Aranda's a good coach. Part of me is starting to wonder if I myself have just been underrating Baylor way too much, and they're going to have a bounce back correction to the mean, all that type of stuff. And that game might be uh, the stumbling block. If you're putting yourself in position to get to Arlington, that might be the game that gets a little spicy, that that, that is a, a worry. Um, so, so at that point in the season, we'll definitely know which one it is. Heck, it could be both of them. Um, but th- that's been creeping in my head. I don't know about you if that's been creeping in your head at all, but part of me just thinks that, hey, Baylor, we might all just kind of be thinking, all right, Baylor's mid. Um, I like their coach. We'll see what happens. Um, but I'm starting to kind of wonder, could they be a lot better than I'm, I'm thinking they will be? The, the problem is I think Baylor is one of those teams that I could see finish anywhere from 4th to 10th in the conference. Like, I think they have a lot of good pieces. I still have questions about their quarterback situation. Like, there's a lot going on there. But, like, any of those games at the end, right? Because, like, Kansas, I'm I'm counting on that game at Cincinnati to end the year as a win because I don't think Cincinnati is going to be very good. But if they find something, that could look a whole lot worse, you know? No, don't, they're, don't, they're not. No, I, no, I, I know. I but love like, Cincinnati. I'm happy they're in the Big 12. There is no scenario in the world world in which Cincinnati is going to be in for something they're not going to a bowl game no no I'm not I'm not necessarily saying that but I'm saying that they could be much like Kansas you know two years ago was tried to play spoiler for their final three games like maybe I I think you're giving Cincinnati a little bit too much credit to even say that's a possibility I mean well you know I'm bombastic but but I mean also thinking like like Texas Tech right Kansas plays Texas Tech the week before K-State um that is that is a game where, like, I don't know what Texas Tech is going to be. They're either going to be really, really good, and that's going to be a tough is that game. That in Lubbock or in Lawrence? Lawrence. Yep. So Kansas, Kansas has so you guys Texas get Tech that back. To, oh yep, man, Texas Tech and then what a Kansas year to State, be a KU football season Lawrence. ticket yeah. holder. Oh, I know. Illinois at home. Uh, BYU, Oklahoma. BYU, UCF, right? Oklahoma, Texas oh, Tech, and K State. Yep. I mean, my, my little brother just got his master's degree from KU. He's been a KU football season ticket holder, I think, since the 2016 season. What a home slate for KU, man. I know. It's awesome. What a home slate, man. Like, Whew. you know, the year that you need good season tickets, you know, and then, like, you've got the fantastic slate of games that you're going to get to watch. And you have to have season tickets this year in order to guarantee a spot next year in a reduced capacity stadium while they're doing renovations. Like, they they could they're they're approaching selling out season tickets, which is going to be awesome for for the Jayhawks. So, but you know, by the end of the season, there, you know, so so I, I guess kind of back to K State, like that's the yep. game. I think that could potentially be a very big game. And while I'm not saying it's going to be you know two ten and O teams with with each with a Heisman candidate, um, I'm not saying that that's not possible at least. So I I do wonder though going into that game like. Is this the biggest Sunflower showdown that you can think of in a, in a long time between these two teams? I mean, theoretically, I like at least. Tried to, I mean, yeah, yeah, oh yeah. I mean, but here, here's the thing: at the beginning of the season, you, you can say that every year, and I feel like we've tried to build it as that uh, every year for a while now. We've we've found a reason, uh, you know. What I think you guys were coming off of your win versus Texas Tech. Uh, the who is K State game that that really got things going, um, you know, twenty twenty whatever, uh, twenty twenty one. The last time we were there, I think you guys were coming off of a, a win once again, or at least there was a lot of excitement around, uh, you know, uh, you know, the first season, the first Sunflower Showdown with a competent head coach in a while. Um, and then last year, there's kind of that billing. Hey, you guys were already bull eligible, so I feel like we do this every year. But yes, potentially. Yes. Well, uh, I mean, but, two years but, ago, but I don't. Hey, you got two quarterbacks hurt in that game against K State, like, <laughs> like. So yeah, I mean, it wouldn't have mattered. No, I no, mean, but it happened. But I think it also happened early enough in the game that it kind of just deflated everything. I think K State was still going to win by two touchdowns at least. Yeah, it, but, but 
but it's but also yes, hypoth- yeah yeah hypothetically it, it could be a big one but also hypothetically it could look exactly like last year KU already sit, sitting on six wins K-State trying to make it to uh Arlington um so yeah I, it, it all depends but yes th- there is a chance I I'm someone who uh, I I think KU it's I I think they're going to be better. I think if you played this year's KU team versus last year's KU team, I think 2023 is winning. But it wouldn't shock me if you guys end up five and seven, you know. But at the same time, heck, maybe you get to eight and four. So, yeah, in, in a scenario where KU's maybe sitting on seven, maybe even eight wins at that point, uh, you know, that would be absolutely massive. It would be a ranked versus ranked matchup for the first time since like 94 or something like that. Yeah, it would be ridiculous. Um, so yeah, it, it 100% could be absolutely massive. And I'll say this, I have not bought face value K-State KU tickets uh, in my entire life in Memorial Stadium. This is how I think the season could go. I bought my my ticket for that game at face value from KU because I, I'm a you little You want to make sure you're there, because yeah. Because if it... Because, well, I, I'd be there no matter what. But if, if there is a scenario where uh, th- that best case scenario, which w- which we kind of flirted with there, um, you know, secondary ticket prices for that game is already pretty wild just with, you know, ticket flippers already. If that truly is, uh, you know, the, the, the biggest game since, uh, what, uh, 2007, we were ranked and you guys were hot before you went on to win – every game except for Missouri um, and K-State turned out to suck. Um, that's probably the last time where there was like, okay, ranked versus rank energy, even though KU wasn't uh, ranked at that point. Yeah, it 100% could be that. But at the same time, it could be just like last year, which is still going to be probably one of the better atmospheres David Booth Memorial Stadium seen in a while. Um, it's going to be fun. Re- regardless of what happens, I, I think it's going to be a really fun one in Lawrence. Yeah, I think it's going to be – a lot of fun. Um, I'm going to, you know, I've been waiting to, to throw out a nice spicy hot take here, uh, for, for quite a while. And so with you on, I, um, I am ready for that game to be a winner goes to Arlington. So I'll, I'll just put it that hey, way. Uh, th- there was someone on like the cover two Athlon college football podcast. He was like, I'm so close to predicting a KUK state game in Arlington. Uh, and, and it's like, okay, I'm definitely not there again. Uh, in my official over-unders, I didn't place the bet. I, I had KU at five and seven. Uh, again, that's probably probably some purple glasses. I don't know. It, you know, it, it doesn't matter. I, I had them winning like four games last year. So what I think doesn't matter. Um, but but that would be wild. You know, especially K-State and KU have played, you know, I think it's like the 14th most games in Division One. something crazy. They played all that. How crazy would it be if like, oh, hey, we're just going to double up for the first time, like since like 1901 when you had to play teams twice. If that was like, okay, you know, a rematch in Arlington as well. Just, Man, yeah, I just, don't think the just state two of weeks Kansas, later. all the houses divided. <laughs> yeah, twice. Yeah, twice in like three weeks. It would, I mean, the state would implode. Laura Kelly would have to call in the National Guard. Uh, it would, it would be wild. Yeah. You know, I mean, I wouldn't, uh. I, I will say, while I don't... I mean, you would sign up for that right now. Oh, oh of course. To, of playing course. twice. Oh, yeah. of course. Especially since, you know, Kansas is probably going to win at least one of them, so... <laughs> at least one no. of them. I mean, so, so I, I came on your podcast last year and I did the whole, like, hey, KU at some point will beat K-State again, I, but it's not this year. And I was very bombastic and I was very loud about that, which is going to set up your fans and you to clip this and come back at me. This is not the year. Uh, Even if we played twice, this is not going to be the year. At some point, KU will once again win the Sunflower Showdown. I I know you're you're saying, hey, you want it to be before Laura Kelly leaves office because you're like, yeah. Oh, I mean, it it will be, but okay. (laughs) (laughs) I I mean, we'll see. We'll see. Um, Well, I'm looking forward to the two-game sweep from the Jayhawks this year where, you Man, know, if, if that they, happens, they I'll get... live, go ahead. If that happens. I'll live stream myself on Twitch doing a Peloton, a 45 minute Peloton ride completely naked. If KU beats K state. Mm, no, 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 I said it. How about instead of that, just covered up on the bottom with a KU beach towel? Nope. Naked. Sorry. But no one's going to want to watch that. I'm sorry. Like no one would want to uh, watch me sir? do it either. 
No, no, they they would not want to, but I bet that it will. I bet over a thousand people would to get a screen grab to make fun of me. Tell you what, um, we will do it. We will we will censor it using a Jayhawk to censor. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> there we go. Uh, it's not going to happen. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'm not going to throw that out there for the regular season game. You know, I I'm quite bold. I'm saying it is not going to happen. Yeah, this is not the year. I'm putting a zero percent chance. I'm not going to put the naked Peloton right out there. Uh, but I'm pretty confident it's not going to be this year. Um, but here's the thing. Uh, everyone in the Big 12 saying it. You get on K-State message boards, even K-State Twitter. Uh, it's not a buy game anymore. There, there's there's no K-State fan who is saying, hey, we could play our D-plus game, and it's going to be a no-sweat win. Um, it's going to be fun, and the rivalry for football has been a lot more fun. I mean, the back and forth in the summer, Jalen versus Will Howard, who's the better quarterback in the state, even 8-10, bringing people on to egg it all on. Uh, it's a lot of fun. It, it is a ton of fun. Um, and again, I, I think it's going to stay fun for a long time. Yeah, I think I think that this game... This just isn't going to be the year KU wins. Coming, coming into the season, I think it's fair to say that KU has at least a slight edge on the offensive end, whereas K-State has a fairly significant edge on the defensive end. So the real question is, can Kansas' defense get good enough over the course of the season to potentially challenge uh, what K-State is able to do? And I don't think it's, like, that's really the big question. That's how Kansas wins, is that they get their defense to a good enough defense that it can overcome, or, I'm sorry, it can stay close enough that the offense can use what they do, especially being at home. I think the big the big thing is the fact that this game is at home for the Jayhawks because they play significantly better on defense at home compared to on the road. And so it will be interesting to kind of see how all that shakes out. And, of course, I don't think either of us are going to talk each other off our position. So we'll just leave it there. We'll agree to disagree and figure out from there what it is that we're – that uh, you know, how all that's going to work. But I do wish K-State the best of luck in this year, um, you know, because when, when Kansas – welcomes them to Lawrence for senior day and beats them. I want them to be as good as possible so that the win is as impactful as possible. So, all right, Scott, for those that want to get more information about K-State or follow the work that you do, where is the best place to do that? Yeah. At Scott Wildcat at Bosco's boys on Twitter uh, podcast is dropping everywhere. Uh, anywhere you can find a podcast, just like last year, all, all through football season. Uh, we have a show uh, every single uh, day during the week. Uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Uh, we're going to have game reviews on Monday, Q&A on Tuesday. Uh, Wednesday, I start previewing the the upcoming game. Thursday, you're going to hear a recording of the live show. And Friday, I'm going to have whip around. And that's where we're going to either have someone on or I will talk about K-State volleyball or soccer as well. So it's not just football. I, I do my best to really give those ladies uh, their own platform. And, and I think it's going to be a really fun year for K-State volleyball as well. I think they're going to get back to postseason play in that brand new arena. Um, so fun times at K-State. Uh, always fun times on Twitter. I'm a good sport. Uh, you know, I had a tweet that went viral when KU went uh, bowling, when they when they clinched bowl eligibility. I had a tweet that said, it doesn't matter uh, what people think about, uh, you know, uh, you know the Lance Leipold. He's not going to go to a bowl game, and he's never going to beat K-State. Sure enough, uh, that tweet blew up. I took it like a champ. I don't, I don't block anyone, even if Elon takes that feature away. <laughs> so if KU – whenever KU does beat K-State, whenever that time does come, because uh, I don't think a meteor is going to come and wipe us all out before that happens. It might be 15 years from now, but it will eventually happen. Uh, feel free to come at me. I, I, I will be a good sport about it. I'm not going to block. I'll always let folks get their jokes off. So um, <laughs> I'm pumped about it. And, and above all, I'm just, I'm just happy for college football to be back. I think it's the best, you know, 15 weeks out of the year and then bowl season. Absolutely love it. So um, I, I appreciate you bringing me on. And uh, I, I also kind of really appreciate being part of the 1012 network. I tell you what, uh, what the network's been able to grow into so quickly. Um, it really makes me proud to be a part of. Uh, so I, I just want to throw that out there as well. Yeah. I'm glad that Philip and I decided to get it started because we always, you know, we're just like, yeah, we, we want to work with a bunch of other podcasters that are similar to us that know what they're doing and are going to enjoy talking about these teams. And that's what we have. We have a bunch of guys and, and girls that love to talk about their teams that love to just look at what we have and, you know, and, and, and enjoy podcasting. You've got a bunch of podcasters who, do it because they like to do it, not because it's their job. And so I think that is 
kind of why this this network has been as successful as it has. So, but that is going to go ahead and do it for us today. We are glad to have you, of course, here, Scott, on on the network and here on the show to talk about K State. But um, for those of you guys that are out there. If you have not already, please do go out where, wherever you get your podcast, where it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, any of the other million apps that are out there. No, not Stitcher anymore because they're going away. I, I have to break that habit. But RIP. Yeah, exactly. But uh, go out wherever you get your podcasts. Search for Rock Talk Podcast. You can subscribe, get every episode as soon as it comes out. You give us a rating and a review, five stars, nice comments. It would be absolutely fantastic. But if, we're, if for whatever reason you can't do that, just let us know what it is we can be doing better. We really do bring the podcast to you guys to get you all the information you need in as entertaining a way as possible. So any comments, questions, suggestions, people you want to try to interview, anything like that, contact me by email at rocktalkpodcast at gmail.com or on Twitter at rockchalkpod. We are, of course, part of the 1012 Podcast Network over on the Sports Social Podcast Network. Um, you can find all the links to all the great shows that we have over at 1012network.com. Make sure you guys visit our sponsor, Charlie Hustle, brand new sponsor for this season coming up. Use promo Such code. great stuff. I know. Oh, it's man. fantastic. Use promo code CHALK12 to get some great deals. But that is going to do it for us today. Thank you guys so much for listening. Scott, thanks for joining me. We will catch you guys next time on the Rock Chalk Podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.